It's the most wonderful time of the year, but for some, it's not all holiday cheer. With winter festivities and holiday gatherings, it's natural to feel a wide range of emotions. So how do we balance the demands, keep stress in check, and combat the winter blues? Well, on today's Airwaves podcast, we're going to learn how to stay healthy during the holidays and improve our mental health. I'm Michael Lauren Prue, and joining me today from the Naval Air Station Patuxent River Fleet and Family Support Center is clinical counselor Mandy Ryder and education services facilitator Natalie Russell. Thank you, ladies, for joining us. So I'm really excited about today's conversation. As a busy working mom, this is the time of the year where our family is absolutely overloaded with things to do. We have a lot of fun, but stress is high, and I know I'm not alone. So what are some of the major causes of holiday stress? Natalie? There's so many. Gosh, where do we even start? Family is obviously a big one. Family is amazing, but they can also be amazingly overwhelming. Travel. Anytime you're traveling over the holidays, I'm sure everyone has experienced it. Plane, train, automobile, it's going to be stressful. And just as geographic challenges in general, being away from your support system, you know, having to travel to see them, having to make extra time. Finances is a huge one as well. There's overspending, overindulging happening. What will Santa be able to bring? Gift giving in general, there's that increased marketing, buy, buy, buy. Right. So and that falls into unrealistic expectations as well. So it could be a, something as simple as the ornaments on your Christmas tree. For those of us who have children or pets, that can be stressful. I certainly have been one to rearrange after the fact as well. But social media creates, you know, more discontent with our own lives because maybe we aren't those shiny, happy people smiling on the beach with the drink in our hand. But that's not real life. So we really need to have realistic expectations and know that social media is, you know, just a snapshot in that of that moment. So as you mentioned, lots of people making time for family this holiday. And whether you're traveling or hosting, what are some of the things that we can all do to take care of ourselves? So when people talk about boundaries, a lot of people think it's just a catch-all term, but there are different types of boundaries. So Going into your holiday season, you can set that expectation for others in your home. Say, you have a new baby or you have an elder grandma. Maybe we need a physical boundary of maybe we do air hugs with grandma to keep her safe or only mom and dad hold that baby to keep that baby safe from getting sick. And some other boundaries. So are there things that you're not comfortable talking about? Like, when are you going to have another kid? Or politics are a big topic right now. How can we set that boundary of That's something we're not comfortable talking about. And do you have time limitations? Do you have in-laws you have to visit, multiple family members? So how can you set that boundary to say, we're coming from this time, and then we have other times where we have to spend with other people? And, And just being open to it and compromising when you need to. Absolutely. And then on the other hand, some people can feel lonely during the holidays. How can we combat feelings of loneliness and what can we really do to help ourselves or those around us who might feel lonely? Natalie? This is the lonely season, right? We are right in it. So there's lots of protective factors, having a healthy lifestyle. So that's as simple as getting enough sleep at night. I'm one that sometimes does not get enough sleep. I'm sure you guys can relate to that, especially with children, pets, everything else. Having a sense of purpose, you know, doing something that you feel like you're making a difference. You know, it helps you get out of bed in the morning. You're you're motivated to come and do your job, do whatever else needs to be done, and, th- and then making the connections. 
So I know that's something we're going to talk about throughout this as well. That, that connection piece is just so huge. So we often have a tendency to connect loneliness to depression. But what is depression? And how can we really recognize the signs of depression and help someone who might be suffering from depression? Depression is characterized by persistent periods of low mood, loss of interest that impacts daily activity and daily functioning. Signs of depression can be recognized through symptoms of changes in sleep, oversleeping or undersleeping, same with appetite, energy level, and difficulty concentrating. So the best ways to help someone that's struggling with depression is support them. Just talk to them, listen to them, and get them to those resources that do exist for them. So I think we've all heard the term winter blues, but what does that really mean? So winter blues is called seasonal affective disorder, but unlike depression, it is not persistent. It correlates with low moods with the seasons changing. So right now we're all going through daylight savings. We get home from work and it's dark again. So it doesn't make us feel the best. So Mandy, what is the best way for all of us to combat the winter blues? Spend more time outside when you can. Can you go for a walk and get some sunlight in? During your workday, can you eat outside at a picnic table? Getting some physical activity, you can even purchase a sun lamp if you need to, or you can speak with your medical provider to see if you have any vitamin deficiencies and maybe could benefit from some supplements. As we talked about before, the holidays can be full of excitement and family gatherings, but for some, the holidays can also magnify feelings of grief. What are some ways people can cope with grief during the holidays or really any time of the year? Yeah, so it's important, especially during the holiday season, what can you do to honor that one that has passed? Do you have special holiday traditions with that person? Did you have a certain special dinner for Christmas Eve that your loved one enjoyed? So finding times to connect with them emotionally and spiritually, although they're not physically present with you, and also remind yourself that it's okay to grieve. You don't have to push that down. You can sit in it and experience that grief. It's okay to grieve. So Mandy, how can we differentiate between normal everyday or even periods of stress and mental health? Mental health will impact your ability of daily functioning. So referring back to depression, for example, you may be unable to get out of bed or complete daily tasks or even practice good hygiene. But during periods of everyday stress, you may experience tension or anxiety-like symptoms, but they do not impact our daily functioning. So for me, one of the best ways for me to combat stress is to spend time with family or with friends or even just getting a hug from my kids. How does being connected and or building and developing relationships improve mental health and well-being? Connections are just so important. So there's the Harvard Study of Adult Development that was started in 1938 by scientists there at Harvard with 268 Harvard men. The hopes was to reveal some clues on leading happy and healthier lives. And that study continues. So it's over 85 years old. They added in those Harvard men's spouses and children's and then an additional 456 inner city Boston residents and their families. And the hope is to move into the third and fourth generations of that as well. They found that those close relationships, not money or fame or anything else, are what keep people happy throughout their lives and delay mental and physical decline. So that sense of community and belonging and those interpersonal relationships that we form are just so important. Natalie, what tips do you have for managing stress for better mental health during the holidays? 
So we go back into that connection piece again here. So social connection can lower anxiety and depression. So we're feeling happier. It's going to help us regulate our emotions, lead to higher self-esteem and empathy. And it actually improves our health, so our immune system. You know, if someone told me, hey, what's one thing you can do to live longer and be happier? I definitely want to know. And I definitely want to do it as well. So you want to make sure that you're able to build those interpersonal relationships where the lines of communication are open, support is both given and received, and trust is built. So we've certainly talked about how busy this time of the year can be, and in some ways it can be a bit stressful. But on the other hand, how can these events and activities related to the holidays also help us combat depression? Just visiting loved ones, FaceTime, all of the different ways to connect with someone, it just lets them know that you care. And that one phone call could make a huge difference for them just in their day volunteer. There's so many opportunities, especially this time of year, but hopefully throughout the year. But lots and lots of things to do within your community. Community activities, there's tree lightings, Christmas caroling, any new hobbies that you might want to pick up, painting, yoga, golfing. As Mandy said too, you know, just getting out of the house, letting that sunlight hit your face, surrounding yourself with nature, people, even just going for a walk in the park or around your work. And touching on that too, if you're doing activities or events, do those activities and events that can foster a sense of community. Can you meet people in your neighborhood or a larger part of your community? Also, moving your body, get those endorphins going. It's hard to get out there, but once you get those endorphins going, it feels good. And checking with your local fleet and family to see what resources we have, because we may have more than you think. So let's talk about handling stress in the workplace. What can leaders do for their teammates? How can they really set the tone for handling mental health within an organization? So the best thing leaders can do for teammates is to get to know them, invest in their people. Quote by from Brene Brown regarding connection being the energy that exists when people feel seen, heard, and valued. Just that itself says a lot because we want to form those connections and so that we're able to recognize any health issues, mental health issues, regular health issues, depression among teammates, and get people the care that they need. And encouraging teammates to invest in themselves, both personally and professionally. So, you know, that tone is really set from the top down. So Navair's own Captain Price Jordan has set the stage for other leaders to follow with her participation in community events such as Chalk the Walk and Laps for Life for Suicide Prevention Awareness and the Glow Run for Domestic Violence Awareness, to name a few. Her presence and enthusiastic participation at these community events and on the team's trainings that I give is enough to say, hey, she cares, you know, our leadership supports us. And that's huge. I'm fortunate enough to work with Fleet and Family with, you know, some great leaders and mental health is always front and center for us. So taking a mental health day is encouraged. So how does good mental health and well-being contribute to mission readiness? Mental health is as critical as physical health when it comes to mission readiness. So we've all seen the stress continuum. And if you haven't, come see us and we'll walk you through it. They just added a blue zone. But the green is where we want to be, and that's where we are mission ready. So when you're taking care of yourself physically, mentally, spiritually, you're able to look out for others. Being mentally prepared includes self-management, self-awareness, being able to focus and perform tasks that come your way. We do teach a lot of classes on these things as well. We teach a Mastering Emotional Intelligence course that talks about self-management, self-awareness, social awareness, relationship management, and helps you learn to master those skills on your own. 
Having good mental health doesn't mean that you're stress-free, though. It just means that you have the resources and the tools necessary to handle that stress. Because we all know stress is a daily part of life. It is totally a juggling act. And that one ball that we don't want to fall is our family, which includes friends and teammates that we consider family, because those are the people that we have those closest interpersonal relationships with. So I think it's important that we ensure that people are comfortable, that they're willing to speak up if they're experiencing overwhelming stress or having mental health issues. So what is the best way we can all ensure a positive climate in the workplace? I feel like this kind of goes back to the command climate surveys that we all love to take, right? They can be rather lengthy, but I mean, that's what they're there for. How can we improve? How can we keep our people motivated to be here and invested in our mission? So you want to make the workplace a place where people are willing to speak up and seek help if they need it, building that trust, opening those lines of communication, team building exercises or days, those go a long way. So we recently had a team building day that included exposing the stinky fish. So those issues that no one really wanted to talk about and maybe some didn't even know existed. But let's get it all out there. Let's address it and let's see how we can move forward as a team. So one thing I hear a lot is you need to take some time for yourself. What is self-care? And while this may mean something different to everyone, are there things that we can all do to practice better self-care and protect ourselves from feelings of loneliness, sadness, and depression. Self-care should be personalized, just as you said. What's doable for you may not be doable for me. So, especially if you're a parent, self-care is hard to find that time. So what's doable and realistic for you? And not setting yourself up for feeling like you failed at self-care. Do you enjoy going to Pilates? Get me in the Pilates studio. But maybe you don't. Maybe you like to just lounge and watch Netflix, and that's okay. So finding out what is doable and realistic for you to continue to make it part of your routine. And education on these topics is just so important to create that self-awareness for yourself that you can check in with yourself and feel like you're protecting your mental space and and feeling prepared to do that self-care. So Mandy, I love the fact that you just mentioned failing at self-care and that being stressful. It truly is. But I I think we all just need to keep trying, doing our best, and take care of ourselves and those around us the best way we can. And I think an important part of that is eliminating the stigma surrounding mental health. So how do we encourage people to speak up and get help? So I have a really interesting take as a clinician because I feel like the stigma is broken. We are seeing more people than ever engage in services. So we love that so much. So continue to reach out to those services because they are there for you to support you. And and you should commend yourself for reaching out because that's the hardest step. But we can continue to break the stigma and keep it broken to continue to provide education awareness like what Natalie does. She's out at these commands, teaching them, talking to leaders and getting people involved. All right, so certainly we have talked about a lot of tips on how we can all improve our mental health, but what resources are out there? Where can we go to get help? The biggest place we're going to tell you is to find your local Fleet and Family Support Center. There's so many resources there. Just walking in the door, you know, we have the resources or give us a call. There's also lots out in local communities, so the health departments usually have a lot of resources to offer. I know here in St. Mary's County, They have a behavioral health action team, and we just came out with a family education resource page. So there's a separate subcommittee for that. So it's a great place for families to go and click on the links. Hey, you need help? 
this is where you go. And it's all in one place, which is really nice. The school systems have a lot of support there, too. There's the military family life counselors that are there at the schools, and they're also at the commands. You can reach out for classes. I know I'm offering one on combating loneliness and stress during the holidays, December 1st at 1100 on Teams. So you just need to contact Fleet and Family if you want to sign up for that. But I can also come out to commands and teach that or anything else, you know, that is needed. And nationwide, touching on if you need any mental health support, you can call the Lifeline at 988. Or if you feel uncomfortable talking to someone, there is a text line too. That is 741741. So certainly lots of resources out there. Please speak up and don't hesitate to get help. It's so important that we all take time to take care of ourselves and those around us. Ladies, thank you for joining us. I appreciate today's conversation and all the tips that you gave us on how we can all balance demands, keep stress in check, and improve our mental health. It's just so important. I hope all of you have a happy and healthy holiday season. And that's it for this edition of Airwaves. Thanks for listening.